Dr. Beverly Reed and I'm Dr. Amber Klumsack and we are Two Peaks in a Pod. Welcome back everybody. Hey, did you have a good week this week? Yeah, I've been having a great week. Um, both my kiddos are sick, but other than uh, that, we've had a lot, like just people going around sick in the yes. office. Come on. My son has been sick too. And then I wasn't sure if I had sick versus out al- if I was sick versus allergies. It's that time of year actually. Same thing for my son. I'm not sure if he's sick or allergies, but yeah, that time of year. <laughs> um, okay, so I have been watching this show called Paris and Love. Have you been watching this? I'm probably not. No. Okay, no, but I did. I did see some commercial, and I was like, is Paris Hilton still like doing it out there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so you know who Paris Hilton yeah. is, then. Okay, there we go. Yeah. We got something over there. <laughs> So Paris Hilton had gotten married and um, I was watching on Peacock her, you know, little show about how they were planning the wedding and stuff. And um, she recently had, I think it's a son, and she's been pretty open with the fact that she she and her husband did IVF. And so I stumbled upon a quote the other day and I couldn't wait to see what you're taking. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Also, you know, I love the Kardashians. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the Kardashians in Paris are friends. I okay. didn't know something like this. Like yeah. their moms or something? Or like Chris well, Jenner's? You know, Kim okay. Kardashian used to be Paris Hilton's closet organizer or something. Like it used oh. to be that Paris Hilton was the celebrity and nobody knew who Kim Kardashian was. So yeah. actually, if you see like the old media clips and everything, it's really funny because Paris is like in the center and like Kim's like back in the corner. <laughs> and it's kind of almost the other way around now, yeah. it seems like. Or they're both very popular celebrities. So. Um, okay, so she says, talking about IVF, Kim Kardashian was the one who told me about IVF, and she said, I didn't even know. Kim any- Kardashian was the person that told her yeah. about IVF. Yes, well, because you know Kim did IVF, right? I know, that's just hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so she said, I didn't even know anything about it. I'm happy that she told me that advice and introduced me to her doctor, and she says, we have been doing IVF, so... I can pick twins if I like. I've already undergone the egg extraction procedure. It was tough, but I knew it would be worth it. I did it a couple of times. So I wanted to know what you thought about her saying, I can pick twins if I like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. First of all, I just think it's hilarious the way they live. You know, Kim told me about IVF, so I did IVF. (laughs) And it went great. Like she's I feel like it's probably, you know, a little bit for the media. Yeah. I get this a little bit more involved in that, but it's just funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So opting electively to have twins from IVF, right? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, well, and I think really, let's today kind of talk Mm -hmm. about multiples and fertility Mm -hmm. as a whole. I mean, I do think that definitely the perception out there is that if you do IVF, you may have multiples. And I think that's really a perception that we probably need to change and update people in the modern fertility world. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I think that is a really outdated perspective. And I I counsel a lot of my patients about this because now we've gotten so good at IVF that generally we only put one embryo in at a time when we do an embryo transfer. And so when you hear about people having multiples from assisted reproduction, things, you know, other types of cycles, it's usually from a different type of fertility treatment, not from IVF. And so, you know, some of you may have been through cycles like this. 
just traditional clomid or letrozole, the chance of having twins when you take those medications is about 7 to 10%. So it's still not very common, but much more common to have <laughs> twins from those medications than from an IVF transfer. And similarly, probably the biggest chance of twins or multiples is when we have you take injections, those medications that are essentially FSH, and then we do maybe an insemination at the end. That has the highest chance because we're recruiting the most number of follicles or eggs, and we don't have a lot of control over how many your body is going to select and have available to ovulate. With IVF, it's very controlled. We know exactly what we're putting in there one embryo at a time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there are yeah. certain exceptions to that. We do have some guidelines that can say when maybe it might need be necessary. Even when we transfer one embryo, though, there is yeah. still a chance that that embryo splits, yes. right? So that's about 1% of the time. That's called monogenetic twinning, meaning the embryo splits and you have identical twins. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think sometimes people don't realize, too, IVF is a pretty young field overall. And so, you know, back when I was born, it was really around the time where it was just getting started. But even at that time, it was kind of something that only rare cases um, had been reported. And then kind of through the years, IVF became more common. But back then, the success rates were not good at all. And so back then, they did have to put in many embryos, sometimes six embryos all at once. And they're just hoping one would stick. But what happened through the years is um, doctors and researchers and embryologists got so much better at it. The technology got better. And so when they were putting in all those embryos, they did start to see all these higher order multiples. And finally, somebody stepped in and said, wait a second, guys, we need to change how we're doing And I think something that has really kind of changed our field, too, is the ability to do genetic testing. Um, And I think this is kind of amazing. Dr. K actually came from and trained at a place that is famous for doing a landmark study that really changed how we view um, embryo transfer. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So uh, Dr. Eric Foreman headed up this study and it was an interesting study. They were looking at, so prior to this, a lot of doctors would still transfer two embryos. And what he was looking at is if we genetically test an embryo and we know that it has a normal set of chromosomes, if we transfer just one embryo, how does the success rate compare to transferring two embryos that are not tested? And what he found is that transferring two untested embryos put you at a substantially increased risk of having twins or multiples when you delivered, but didn't substantially increase your chances of just success of having an implanted pregnancy and a baby at the end compared to having just one genetically normal embryo transferred. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look at the res, brush up on the results, but I think this group was statistically higher, right? And the mm-hmm. best group, I thought they were or the same, same just no difference. Right. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But yeah. definitely there was no benefit to putting two untested embryos. Right, right. And I think that this was amazing um, because it really told us if putting two in doesn't give us higher chances, why do it? And, you know, yes, twins can be fun, but also twins can be really dangerous. Twins can be higher risk for the mom to carry 
Twins can be higher risk for the babies too. They can end up in the NICU. They can have breathing problems and everything. And while technology has also gotten better for taking care of twins, it's also something that we try to prevent because we know that one healthy baby at a time is what's best for mom and what's best for baby. And so the you know ability to do the genetic testing to allow just one embryo at a time, I think really revolutionized our, our field as a whole. And in fact, our national organization um, for fertility at that point put out guidelines for us as fertility doctors. And they said, look, the guideline is no matter what age the patient is, if you're putting in a genetically tested good quality embryo, you should only put one in, one in at a time. Okay. And so I think, you know, most of us who are board eligible or board certified doctors want to follow the guidelines that, that we should follow. And because of that, most of us, you know, will only do one embryo at a time. So it makes me wonder if you're Paris Hilton, <laughs> um, does your doctor follow the guidelines? Like, do, do, does her doctor not have to follow the guidelines? I'm kind of interested in this. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think it's really one of those patient education and reframing conversations that has to be taken extremely seriously Mm -hmm. because I think the desire to have twins when you're going and struggling with infertility is strong. Yeah. I mean, I have patients sitting across from me every single day that say, no, no, I want twins. I want, how can we get twins? I mean, sometimes that's the first thing they say when they sit down, how can we get twins? You know? And it really, I mean, you have to put a lot of effort into explaining exactly what you just said much higher risk for you during the pregnancy, higher risk for those babies and really educating them on what twins really ultimately looks like and the benefits of doing a single embryo transfer. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because, you know, you want the patient to have autonomy and you want them to have whatever outcome that they're seeking, but you also took an oath as a physician to do no harm. And what I tell my patients is if I do that, I really could be harming you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, um, but as Dr. K mentioned, even when you put one embryo in at a time, it can sometimes divide into two. You can end up with identical twins. I, you know, recently um, had that happen actually. And I really felt bad because even though I had no control over that, those sweet little twins were in the NICU for a long period of time. I know it was really hard on, on the parents and, and everything like that. So we wouldn't do that on purpose, but there's not really anything we can do to prevent that, um, the splitting of an embryo. Um, and so really the main part that is preventable is just controlling how many embryos we put in. But with that being said, I will say there's always exceptions, right? So let's say a patient chooses not to do genetic testing of the embryos, okay? We know that an abnormal embryo is unlikely to stick, or if it does stick, can end in miscarriage, okay? And we also know that as we get older, the proportion of abnormal embryos that we make increases. So I'm in my mid-40s, and so let's say I did IVF right now, we would expect probably about 90 to 95% of my embryos to be abnormal. And if I chose not to do genetic testing I and I did IVF, most doctors actually would allow for multiple embryos to be put in in that case, knowing that even with multiple embryos, my chances of it working could be very low, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about that with a patient. It really depends on your yeah. prognosis. Yeah. It's an individualized question yes and when that would apply and sometimes it's even after you've tried before Mm -hmm. and you're trying to decide for the plan for the upcoming transfer and Mm -hmm. you know what have we seen in the past what do the embryos look like yeah 
But when you're younger, then your proportion of abnormal embryos is much lower. You're much more likely to have normal embryos. And so when you're younger, the guidelines do tell us still one embryo at a time, even if you have not done genetic testing. But a tricky scenario is somebody who is older. So let's say it's me, okay? I'm 45, so let's say I used an egg donor, okay? And let's say I chose not to test the embryos, then how many am I allowed to put in for that, okay? Well, you don't go by the age of the intended parent, which would be me. You go by the age of the person who gave the eggs. And most people who use an egg donor will choose somebody in their 20s, okay? So in that case, you would still only put one embryo in because an egg donor is likely to make a normal embryo. And thus, you follow those guidelines for that age. Really important to mm -hmm. understand. Yeah. And Honestly, that's a little bit of a challenge too, because usually yeah. someone who's going through an egg donor IVF cycle, mm -hmm. they themselves have maybe gone through IVF mm -hmm. and perhaps had an unsuccessful transfer. And so then they may be more inclined. Look, I have multiple embryos now, you know, they may have only had one to work with before. Mm -hmm. And so then they would be interested in having two at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think um, a good question sometimes a patient has asked me is because I give them the recommendations, the guidelines, and they say, well, Dr. E, do you have to follow the guidelines? <laughs> what happens if you don't? Do you get put in infertility jail? <laughs> and I say, well, no, I mean, that's not the case, but I also want to follow the guidelines and I want to be a reputable doctor <laughs> and, and all of those things. And so I do take it on a case-by-case -case basis, but in my average patient who's trying a transfer for the first time, I do typically um, follow, follow the guidelines. Um, and it is sometimes frustrating when you hear about maybe other doctors who aren't because you have to try to ask mm -hmm. what is the motivation there. You know, I will say sometimes patients will say, you know what? I'm going to find the doctor who will go yeah. against the guidelines and, yeah. and things like that. And it's always frustrating to hear when they do find a doctor who's not going to follow the guidelines. And and so that's why I thought you might think it's interesting to hear about that. Here's Hilton's doctor, apparently. Yeah. But but I will say she ended up only having one baby. So maybe maybe she thought <laughs> she could talk him into twins. And then maybe he said, you know, only put one in. Or yeah. it could be that they put two in and only one stuck. So, right. um, so we don't know about that. Um, but I will say I do make exceptions as well. And so a common reason that I will make an exception is let's say we've tried. We've tried maybe two or three transfers and we keep putting normal embryos in and they are not sticking. Okay. And at that point I say, look, we're kind of outside the guidelines at this point. It may be reasonable and not always, mm -hmm. it may be reasonable to be more aggressive. And I always love this. So Dr. Eric Foreman, who authored the study that mm -hmm. Dr. K was just talking about, I follow him on social media. And one time he posted a photo of twins <laughs> after he had done a double embryo transfer. <laughs> and I was so stumped because I'm like, he wrote the paper that says we should be doing single embryo transfer. And he explained his logic and thought behind it. And um, and it wasn't a difficult case and everything, mm -hmm. but I, I always laugh because I said, this is like finding out the Pope's sins or something <laughs> because I'm like, if Dr. Foreman did a double yeah. embryo transfer, my goodness. So, um, but, but anyways, I, I do make exceptions in, in certain cases, but one thing that I was, uh, thought was really interesting. I went to a conference one time and I think logically you would think, okay, maybe in somebody who's still transfers, maybe transferring two at a time might increase their chances or might be more efficient or something. But there are certain immune conditions where putting two embryos in 
may actually lower your chances of getting pregnant. Mm. And the reason for that is, so our immune system, we make antibodies to fight viruses and bacteria, but sometimes our immune system can get confused and we can make antibodies that fight our normal tissue or fight placental tissue or, or pregnancy tissue and everything. And if you're putting one embryo in, that's just one amount of material for the body to fight off. But if you put two embryos in, that doubles the amount of what we call antigenic material that triggers that immune um, reaction. And so in those immune-related cases, they say, you know what, maybe that may not be the best option. And, um, yeah. and so I do think, I always try to kind of think through the different possibilities and sometimes I'll troubleshoot a little bit um, as well. But if we think that it could be immune related condition, it might still be best to just put one in at a mm-hmm. time, even if it doesn't feel like it's as efficient as it could be. Right. Mm-hmm. We should probably mention too, it's not just the hypothesis behind putting in two embryos in these scenarios is mm-hmm. not just okay, we're increasing the chances mm-hmm. by doubling, you know, putting right. it's actually yes. that there's a thought that there might be a little bit of like a symbiotic relationship yeah. where like they help each other yeah. um, by putting two in there. And there's a lot of interesting studies about that and whether mm-hmm. or not that really pans out, we still don't really know, right. but it's not just simply putting two in. it's like, will the two together mm-hmm. work? even more so. Yeah. And I've actually, another good point too, Mm -hmm. is there has been some conflicting data too, a little bit on what if you put two embryos in, one's a good quality, one's a bad quality. Mm -hmm. Can the bad quality embryo in there make lower chances for the good quality Mm -hmm. embryo to stick? And so there's some interesting hypotheses, but it hasn't really panned out with good data yet for us to know one way or the other Mm -hmm. as far as that goes. But I did see another study, um, and I thought this was interesting because they incorporated into a calculator that used to be on the SART website. I don't know if it's still on there. SART is a, the national organization that lets you look at IVF statistics. Um, but they would show you what your chances of success would be if you did two embryos at a time versus doing one embryo per transfer, you know, two months Cumulatively. Yeah. yeah. And they did show in that calculator based on some data that if you did one embryo at a time in two separate months, that you may actually have higher chances of it working. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, I think it's a lot of this data is, is just limited and, and we, we really need more research. This is what we, you and I got to work on. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is going to be a big part of PEAK. We want to be researching these things to try to get um, more and better answers. So so important yeah. to contribute to the unknown. This is yeah. why our field advances as quickly as it does. Yes. People yes. dedicate the time to this. Absolutely. Um, but I wanted to touch on too. So these um, higher order multiples that we're seeing these days. So I always point out John and Kate, uh, John mm-hmm. and Kate plus Kate. Mm-hmm. You know about them? John and Kate plus Kate. Yes, yeah, I Kate do. Kate. Okay. And and so everybody always tells me, oh, I don't want to be John and Kate because they didn't do IVF. And I'm like, no, they didn't do IVF. This alludes to what you're yeah. saying before. Usually when we hear higher order multiples, we say, no, no, no. We know they didn't do IVF because nobody would be crazy enough to put in that many embryos. Mm-hmm. And so that's when... Um, and I think I looked back, I think she did gonadotropin. So she did very powerful fertility injections. Um, and then they ended up getting pregnant. And I do always tell people, cause sometimes we're in a situation where I gave them, you know, an aggressive fertility regimen and they can come in and they've grown too many follicles. And in those cases, I'm like, look guys, we need to cancel the cycle. I don't want to put you at risk for having higher order multiples. It's always hard information to hear because from a patient perspective, they're always like, look, I haven't gotten pregnant mm-hmm. ever. I've had a cycle before. It didn't work. Ugh. It's not going to work now. Yeah. And I say, look, this is how every reality show starts for multiples. <laughs> they always start off. 
I couldn't get pregnant. Right. And then I got pregnant with eight babies. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, the Octomom. Right? Yes, I'm but I did, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because I right. did want to bring up Octomom yeah. because that's the exception to the rule. She was an IVF transfer. She was, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I yes. always assumed yes. that she was from an insemination with gonadotropins. Yes. Wow. So her doctor was in California, and apparently she really insisted with her doctor that he put all these embryos in. But here's the thing. I don't agree with that. A patient has, deserves autonomy, but we deserve autonomy as well. Yeah. You can't force us to do something that we know is unsafe. And so that was IVF and an embryo transfer of many embryos, and he did lose his license, though. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. See, you do go to fertility jail. <laughs> that's right. You go to fertility jail. That's, that's right. right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and um, and that being said, too, certainly we um, end up having patients that have multiples. You know, I, I mentioned identical twins. and But really, most of my multiples end up coming from my more, like, clone and letrozole yeah. or gonadotropin mm-hmm. cycles. And I do always counsel the patients, even right before we're about to do our procedure. I can see how many follicles they have. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell them, look, just so you know, you've grown two follicles. According to the data, we know your chances yeah. of having multiples is this. Are you sure you feel comfortable proceeding? You know, And I do always like to you know, just make sure the patient understands what they're getting into as well. And here's the thing. I mean, most of the time, everything works out great with twins. But, you know, sometimes they don't even realize the other things that can affect. I saw a study that showed when you have twins, you're higher risk for divorce and things like that, too. It's really something to just think through um, as you go through and just almost prepare for, I think, too. If you kind of know what you're at higher risk for, that helps you prepare better as well. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we wrap it up for the yeah. week? Great week. Great That's discussion. Good. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys. If you have any questions, let us know. Right. Bye. Have a good week.